0: Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. And today we're going to continue our conversation on making better decisions. First, I will remind you to go back and listen to last, the last episode, excuse me, which covered the three states that affect our decision, decision making in the moment. Um, to quickly go over those three states, The state of mind, the state of body, and the state of hunger. The state of mind has to do with your stress level and your emotions. The state of body has to do with your body's literal position and energy level. And then state of hunger has to do with your state of hunger, whether or not you have eaten or not and how hungry you are. All of those things affect your decision-making moment to moment more than we like to believe most of the time, but it's worth going back and reviewing that and thinking about those things so that you can start to make better decisions moment to moment. If only it were as simple as just changing your state from time to time so that you can make better decisions, then we would all be as healthy as we needed to be and have six packs and all these great things. Sadly, it's not quite that simple we have a whole level, a whole layer of biases and external factors that play a significant part in our decision making. What I'd like to do today is talk about five internal biases that we have that affect our decision making and five external influences that push us, push against our decision making as well. Um, These external Influences are things that marketers, salespeople, even friends and family employ to help convince you to do things or unconvince you to do other things from time to time. And the biases that we have are things that every human being has that we that that sometimes are rational, but most of the times are not. And we just it's just we just don't look at them, we just don't pay attention to them. Richard Freiman said. Richard Feynman, the American physicist, said that we the goal is to not fool ourselves and we're the easiest ones to fool because we are us. We are, we are us. We are literally on our own heads. And so it's easy to convince ourselves of a million different things and reasonings and justifications and this, that, and the other thing um, because we can tell ourselves we're right if we really want to, whether or not that is the case. So it's worth... Knowing some of these biases, now the five we're going to go over today are just five of the, I'll say, more prevalent ones, especially in health and fitness. You could find a hundred different biases that human beings have that affect our decision-making. So please understand that this is not limited to just these five things that we'll talk about today. There are a number of different ways that we justify our behavior. And it, I believe and understanding how the mind works and understanding how human beings work, which is what we all are, homo sapiens, and understanding how we work, we can then make better decisions. And when that happens, then we can hopefully become the type of person that we're trying to become. We can make those changes in our lives. We can pursue higher levels of health. We can achieve some level of mastery. We can feel confident in our skin. We can do all of those things until we decide and start to understand what's going on up here, it's going to be just, it's just going to be a lot harder. A lot of health and fitness, most of health and fitness is just, especially the last couple of decades has been about what's the diet I need to be on and how do I need to exercise to get where I'm trying to go, which is important. It's just certainly like action is what it takes in order to get you to move forward. But the f- simple fact that, 90 percent of people quit their new year's resolutions by the end of january that simple fact alone tells you that it's not a matter of the thing it's here it's all in our minds and and if we don't start to understand that if we don't start to hit that and nip that in the bud we're all going to struggle we're all going to have a much harder time so that's what today is going to be about it's about figuring out how to start nipping those biases in the bud so that we can recognize them because trust me, when I tell you, it's not, like, it's not like you become aware of it and then all of a sudden it stops. That's certainly not the case. More likely the case is that it's going to arise. Something is going to pop up. You're going to start to justify it. And then you have to stop yourself and go, what's really happening here? Is, am I just trying to justify something? Or is it actually the case that this is going on? um remember the goal is not for ourselves and we're the easiest ones to fool so let's talk about biases shall we um what is a bias first of all bias is simply uh, i don't can tell you the technical definition but it's basically just when you look at things from your perspective you're looking at it from uh, you're looking at it from your bias your perspective of things And each one of our individual perspectives has a different has a bunch of layer of biases, if you will. Um, sometimes we're biased based on our previous experience with our family. Sometimes we're biased based on our experience at work. Sometimes we're biased based on, um, even our current health. If our health is good, then we can have a healthy bias meaning like we have a hard time viewing other people's thoughts who aren't as healthy as us because we're looking at it through our own lens. Um, so that's a bias. I know that wasn't very technical, but hopefully that's helpful. Um, so let's look at five specific ways that we use bias to influence our decisions. Um, bias number one, self-deception and denial self-deception and denial so this bias says that we hear what we want to hear and we deny what is inconsistent with our deeply held beliefs over time we all develop deeply held beliefs and that's important to a degree it's important to have beliefs because otherwise how would we know what to take action on and what not to but I think it was Warren Buffett, I can't really remember, said you should have very strong beliefs, but loosely held. You should, you should really believe in the things that you believe, but you should be prepared to change them whenever enough evidence shows up that it is wrong. Um, here's an example that I like to use that may <laughs> bring some denial to you right now. Uh, One of the things that I talk to people or that people ask a lot about is juice, fruit juice, more specifically. Um, What kind of fruit juice should I drink um, in the morning? Because I want to improve vitamin C, vitamin D, whatever. Or what what are your thoughts about juicing in general? The answer usually is it depends, but it's also at the same time, (laughs) juice is just basically sugar in a cup, especially fruit juice. If you're juicing fruits or if you're buying fruit, even if you're buying juiced fruit, quote unquote, the healthy juiced fruit, it's just sugar in a cup is all it really is. Yes, it does have some vitamins and minerals, but it's been ground down. It's been totally processed. And those vitamins and minerals, they're going to be helpful, but you're still just drinking sugar in a cup. It is very much equivalent to drinking a big glass of Coca-Cola or any other such uh, soda because they're both just sugar in a cup. Well, the argument usually is it's natural sugar. I hate to tell you, but the Coke was made of sugar cane sugar, which is natural there. It's just sugar in a cup. So when I say that to people and when you're, you may be hearing this for, maybe the first time, I don't know, maybe not. You may be denying that that is the case and you're going to find reasons why it's wrong. Again, the justification, well, it's natural sugar. Uh, well, it's sugar and it's sugar in a cup in liquid form, which is very easy for your body to process. If you looked, if you listen to the calories, um, calories, what the heck was the name of that series? counting calories, (laughs) the counting calories series or the burning calories series. Uh, We talked about the more processed something is, the easier it is for your body to utilize the nutrients and the calories in it. When something is processed in a cup in liquid form, very easy for your body to utilize that. Um, So it's sugar in a cup, whether it's ground apples or it's soda, it's sugar in a cup so sorry i keep repeating myself but i'm repeating myself to prove a point like when people hear that they start to deny it well that can't be right because it's it's i'm i'm gonna quit talking about it now because i feel like i'm literally talking in circles um but i could give a ton of examples like that that is just probably the most prevalent one Um, understand that we all have these denial tendencies whenever we hear something that is a tightly held belief. We want to figure out ways to deny it and to figure out why it's wrong, where it might be worth, depending on the person who's saying it to you, it might be worth questioning that belief and figuring out if it is, is if the new statement is in fact somewhat more right. And if it's not, then you can hang on to that belief. Congratulations, it supports, you know, your, your you can be vindicated in your belief, if you will. Okay, let's move on to the next one because, like I said, I, I could just say that those three sentences over and over again because it's that important to understand. It's just sugar in a cup. Um, maybe it's not that quite that simple, but nonetheless, sugar in a cup. Moving on. Uh, deprival syndrome is the second bias that we have. We dislike losing things we have more than we appreciate gaining things we don't. We dislike losing things we have already more than we appreciate gaining things we don't. Okay, I could give you a bunch of examples on this, but the most, the example I think most people can appreciate is health in general. So most people start to make changes in their health and fitness because what they want is to feel better, to have lower cholesterol levels, to have lower blood pressure, to have less weight on their bodies so on and so forth that's what they want what they currently have is all the foods that they enjoy that might be anything from twinkies to cupcakes to sodas to whatever whatever those foods are that's what you currently have so to go from here to here this healthy thing you feel like you have to deprive yourself of all these things that you currently enjoy to get to this thing that you know that you need to get to i would say um and that's the most if you can understand that idea that the prival syndrome syndrome is keeping you from moving over to a better version of yourself just because for the uh, for the only reason that you don't want to let go of these things that you enjoy over here which are not in any way empowering you to become a better person which i'm not i please understand that's not I shouldn't say it like that Um, because I enjoy brownies and ice cream. I enjoy uh, other forms of sugary things as well. So by no means, (laughs) by no means am am I like, well, if it doesn't make you a better person, like I don't want to sound like that, but we make these decisions, these irrational decisions to not pursue our best, to not pursue weight loss, to not pursue better health, Because we're scared of letting go. And we do this in a bunch of other areas as well. Um, So not it's not, I mean, weight loss is, health and fitness is just what comes to my mind because that's the world that I live in. But we do this in so many other areas as well. We dislike losing things we have already more than we appreciate gaining things that we don't. And if you can understand that, then it might make it easier for you to let go of some things with the understanding that those foods are always there. They're always there. The world's not going to stop making them. They're not going to stop making Twinkies tomorrow. Like, it's always going to be there. So you can always choose to to do it again. Um, But nonetheless, that's the primal syndrome. Okay, next. Do nothing syndrome. Do-nothing syndrome means that we prefer to keep things the way they are. We resist change as much as possible, and we look for effort minimization as much as possible. So change takes energy. Effort takes energy. And this is partly a biological evolutionary process, probably, because our bodies want to conserve energy as much as possible. So making change, whether it's the beginning of change, having to think through things deliberately, we already talked about how um, deliberate thinking and deliberate decision-making takes energy and how over time that leads to decision fatigue, like that takes energy, then actually following through with it takes energy and so on and so forth. Now, hopefully eventually, it takes less energy because it becomes a habit and becomes something you do regularly, but making the change is hard and it takes energy. So from a evolutionary standpoint, it would make sense that the body wants to conserve as much energy as possible. So any reason that we can figure out to do nothing, that's going to be a good reason for the body. So understand that it is real whenever you're choosing or you're trying to choose to start to do something that you're going to have a tendency to want to do as little as possible. And that's also partly why when we see things that, sorry, I keep scratching my nose because I have an itch that just won't, won't go away. So if you, if you're watching this, that's what's happening. Um, if we're starting to make a change, We're going to search usually, not always, but we're usually going to search for the thing that's going to get us there the fastest. This diet is You can do this in six weeks. You're going to lose 20 pounds. You do this exercise program for three days. I mean, I think at some point back in the nineties, they made a thing called like five minute abs. So like we're going to find and search for things that get us somewhere the fastest. What's the thing that requires the least amount of energy and gets me to my goal as as quick as possible so that I then don't have to put any more energy into it. Okay. Do nothing syndrome is very real. We do look for ways to minimize our energy. I'm not saying that you have to do the hardest thing by no means like of course being efficient and effective is very important, but the tendency for us to select the default option to not do anything versus do something and to look for the easiest path is very real. And that has also kept a lot of people from making progress because most of the time when you do something in health and fitness, especially that quote unquote promises instant gratification leads to not good results. Um, so overcoming that is challenging, but it is definitely, definitely worth the effort. Okay. Next, the justification syndrome, we will find a way to justify our behavior even when we know it's not right. I think this is the the basis of all bias in general, but um, it's very easy for us to justify just about any action that we want to justify. A regular thing that we hear, hmm, I don't, maybe not regular. Um, If someone misses a workout, a training session at Thrivology, for instance, it's not unusual to hear. Well, I started to get out of, you know, I got to work a little late and then I realized that I forgot my clothes and then I went home and by the time I got home, uh, I saw the couch and the couch looked comfortable so I sat down for a second and once I sat down, then it was hard to get back up and then the dog needed me and needed me to take it out and then once I took the dog out, I already started doing some other things like it's all it's all just justification. You're just justifying why you skipped your training session, which I, again, I'm not this, I'm not pointing fingers at you. I'm pointing fingers at me as well. Um, Like it's what we do. We, we can justify anything if we want to, there's, there's no overlooking it. So it's not a matter of if you can justify it, it's a matter of if you just take, if you want to take responsibility for it. Uh, I missed my training session yesterday. Why? I did. Okay like that like that's and just taking responsibility for the fact that you did the thing is going to be better more beneficial for you in the long run than justifying any of it because when you start to justify then you can convince yourself that you're actually right and it's not the fact that the things that you're justifying aren't true those things definitely happened you did get out of work late you did have to go home like the, all those things are true but It doesn't mean that it kept you from doing what you said you were going to do. So, follow through is very important. That's something I definitely struggle with, openly struggle with. Um, so, justifying it is actually making it worse. Just saying, yep, I did it. I just did it. I chose to is going to be more beneficial for your mental well being in the long run. Um, so, it's worth thinking about. Lastly, consistency take a quick sip of some delicious water oh wow sorry <laughs> Jonna tells me how much time it's been and how much time i have left and i have a number of things to go over so uh, my apologies if this goes longer than usual so let's go over consistency The first episode, the first series that we did for this podcast for Good Wolf Radio was about identity. Consistency tells us that we behave in ways which are consistent with who we believe we are and with who others believe we are. We behave in ways in which, excuse me, we behave in ways which are consistent with who we believe we are and in which others believe we are that my friends is your identity it is ingraining your identity when you are act consistently with who you believe you are you are literally ingraining that person which is a big reason why it is so hard for so many people to make health and fitness change in any way shape or form and that's to make any change really excuse me financial changes health changes, spiritual changes, family changes, relational changes, all of it, because especially if you're in the age of which most people are trying to make those changes, I mean, most you can of course make any changes at any stage in your life, but most people who are trying to make substantial health and fitness changes are generally around the age of 40 to 50, something to that effect, maybe 40 to 55, and by that time, you have lived the life that you've lived for a long period of time. So you have this general belief about who you believe you are. So when you start to make different changes, when you start to eat differently or you start to work out or you start to do whatever, your identity is slapping you and going, that's not you. It's not consistent with who you, with who you are. And And it's very hard. Consistency is very real. And when we, work against our current identity and who we believe we are when we're changing it's challenging because we're basically going we're telling our current self like um sorry it's you're not good enough i'm gonna i'm gonna change and our current self is going no i am good enough just stay here and be comfortable um i don't know what that was but (laughs) Uh, but consistency is probably the one that gets people the most, because like I said, it's not only us, it's the people around us as well. If you have ever been the kind of person who has made a good change in your life and people around you have recognized it and they've gone, well, you're no fun anymore because you don't go out and drink with us or, well, that's not, you're just not cool anymore because what do you mean? You don't want a cheeseburger and fries or don't you usually get a big gulp whenever we go out or whatever the thing, like whatever the changes that you're making, like That's people around you expecting you to be a certain way and have a certain identity. And when you start to change that, people don't like that. So not only are you pushing back on yourself, people around you are pushing back on you at the same time. And the urge to be consistent with who you have been around those people and with yourself is very real. So overcoming that is very, very important. Um, So understand that consistency will definitely have a huge impact on you. Okay, so that's five biases that we have that influence our decision-making. Self-deception and denial, deprival syndrome, do-nothing syndrome, justification syndrome, and consistency. All of them play a significant part. Now let's look at external factors. In other words, things that people around us do to try and push on us to influence our thinking and influence our decision-making. All of these are done by. I mean, this is this is. There's a book called um, Influence. I believe is the name of the book by Robert Cialdini. He literally wrote the book on how to influence people, and marketers use his. I think he has seven ways in which to influence people. We're going to go over five of them today. Actually, I don't think all five of these these are in his book. Um, but it's a great book. It's worth definitely reading that way you can go a little more in depth in the, in these ideas. But these are five ways that marketers, salespeople, friends, family, all the all employ to push against you or push you to make a certain decision. Um, number one is simply associate, association, association, uh, association means we feel pleasure or pain when we connect a stimulus with an experience a stimulus with an experience from the past. So um, a stimulus is simply anything from a color to a logo to a noise to um, a person to an object to anything. I was actually having, <laughs> it's funny, I was having a conversation this morning at the coffee shop with somebody and we were talking about remembering who people were from their past and he said that a girl messaged him on Facebook and was like, "Hey, is this the same guy that lived on the street and blah blah blah." And he didn't message her back. He talked to his brother instead and said, "Hey, do you remember this girl?" He said the girl's name and he's like, "Oh yeah, it was uh what's his name's sister?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, well, that makes sense because he associated the brother more than he did with the sister. So once he heard the brother's name, then he remembered the sister. Okay? So with that association, he he remembered that so in our context what we're talking about is how companies use associations to bring good feelings to you associations can be a lot of things one of the easiest things to think of is a jingle so uh the oscar Mayer wiener song oh i love to be an oscar Mayer wiener that song was literally made to make you feel good about the about oscar Mayer hot dogs and make you want them Um, there have been a number of different songs, the pull-up song, I'm a big kid now, like the number of jingles that are out there that I'm sure ring through, maybe, maybe they don't ring through your head, but that come to mind. Maybe when you're thinking about things that you need to buy, that's, that's why those things happen. They want you to associate that ring, that jingle to their product so that when you go to buy it, then you, that's what you're thinking about. Colors are the same way. Logos are the same way. There's a reason why companies trademark logos so no one can steal it so that you associate that logo with the company. Uh, colors are the same like Hero Thrivology. We use the exact same color blue and green and gray for our, I mean, it's the same for Good Wolf Radio. If you look at Good Wolf Radio logo, it's the same colors. Good Wolf Academy that we have, which I guess I've, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've said that on uh, on the podcast yet. You'll be hearing more about Good Wolf Academy in the future, um, but same colors, like same blue. So that we're trying to associate the colors, the blue, green, and gray colors that we have with the brand of thrivology so that you get the good feeling with it. Like it's just a normal thing, but I think it's important to also understand that that's what's happening. People are trying to associate things. Companies especially are trying to associate these jingles and colors and logos to good feelings so that you want to buy them. Uh, next is reciprocity. We've all fallen victim to this. This basically means that you return a favor with a favor. If you've ever been sent say stamps from not goodwill, but some other nonprofit organization, they'll send you stamps and say, Hey, here's some stamps, by the way, can you donate to our cause? People are more likely to donate to a cause if they're sent something first. It's reciprocity. You feel like you have to give back. Um, another example, um, actually, there was an interesting study done where the researchers sent out, I'll just make up some numbers, 1,000 Christmas cards to 1,000 random families, say. And of those 1,000, this is, again, a made-up number. It's, I think it's close to it. Like 800 of them sent Christmas cards back. Didn't know the people, had no clue. They were just random people across the country. And these people sent them cards back because they felt the need to return a favor with a favor. So um, it's worth, that's another one that it's worth thinking about because we very easily feel like we need to return favors whenever people do things for us. Uh, Social proof. This is a big one. We want what others want. We avoid what others avoid. We think the way others think because we don't wanna be left behind. So we want to be in the loop. We want to be socially accepted. So in order to do that, we feel like we need to do the things that other people are doing. Um, I (laughs) get in trouble a lot of times because I am one of those outliers, if you will, that tends to do the very opposite of what most people do which sometimes is useful, but a lot of times doesn't work too well for me. Um, but nonetheless, if you see things like testimonials, for instance, uh, if a company, if you're if you've ever seen like, um, skincare commercials or things like that, and there's people on there talking about how great the product was or like that's social proof, that's a company trying to show you like, here's a person like you that got results and. And here's the outcome that they had. Have you seen any weight loss products any meal planning products or anything like that? And they put all these people who have lost all these weight and they hold their pants up, their big pants up next to them, like social proof. They're just trying to show you that here's a person like you that got results and here's how they feel about it. Um, but we also tend to follow along with the crowd. We want to think the way people think too. So whenever people are thinking a certain way, like fruit juice is good for you, then you tend to also think the same way. It's just social proof. Well, all these other people think fruit juice is good for me. So why is it not good for me? You're telling me that it's not good for me. That can't be right. The world tells me it is. Well, okay, that's fine. But is it actually the truth? So uh, that's social proof. That's something worth paying attention to. Authority, authority is means we tend to obey authority, especially when we're uncertain or with others. When we're surrounded by people, we tend to pay attention to authority as well. Um, a good example here are doctors. So doctors give lots of, you know, you go to the doctor for checkups and they're there to help you improve your health. Um, and so sometimes they'll give nutritional information or they'll give exercise information or things like that. Doctors on average receive something along the lines of like three to six hours of nutritional uh, education throughout their whole schooling. I couldn't tell you how many hours of schooling they have, but I'm certain that it is over a couple hundred hours of schooling. I'm certain it's well over that. I couldn't tell you what it is, but three to six hours Versus a couple hundred pretty easily um, is not very much. so it's not to say that a doctor shouldn't that you shouldn't listen to what a doctor has to say. it's to say that maybe it's worth looking into what a doctor is suggesting because a doctor is not a nutrition coach it's a doctor is not a nutritionist, it's not a doctor is not a dietitian. They're there to diagnose and prescribe generally speaking, but they the help that they're trying to give you while they are a medical authority they may not be a nutritional authority per se but we tend to listen to them because they are a medical authority that's white coat syndrome because of their white coats although i don't know if doctors most doctors wear white coats anymore Can't be sure um goes to show i guess how how much i've been to the doctor lately nonetheless Um, it's white coat syndrome. We see something with a white coat. If you've ever watched a commercial and they've had someone with a white coat on telling you that this is the best product that you can have and it's medically backed, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to evoke authority. Um, So again, something worth paying attention to. Last one is reason respecting. So this one's kind of funny. We tend to oblige with others when they give us a reason to, even when we don't understand or the reason is wrong. So there was a research study done again that showed that um, a group of people were, no, let me back up. When someone went to a copier, this is 20 years ago when this was probably a thing, but someone went to a copier and there were a line of people waiting to make copies. Someone showed up and they asked the front person in the front if they could make copies. When they just asked the question, can I make copies? We'll say 9 times out of 10 they were rejected and told no. When they said, can I make copies because I need to make copies? Literally all they said was because I need to make copies, that went from 9 out of 10 nos to like 5 out of 10 nos. I don't again the numbers probably aren't exact, but it was pretty drastic. All they said was because I need to make copies. that just turn off. No. No, sorry. <laughs> it's the cat clicked with the. Oh. <laughs> so all they said was because I need to make copies. They they it was there's no logical reason there. There's no like I'm in a hurry or anything like that. It's just because they're pointing out the obvious. So, both on your end and on the other end, if someone's giving you a reason for anything, to to do something for them or to try and get you to buy something. Generally speaking, the longer reason they give, the more we tend to follow through and do what they want us to do, even if we don't know the reason or we don't understand the reason. So asking, uh, understanding is very important or taking time to understand is very important. Okay, Uh, that was a lot of information today. I kind of rushed through those last five, external factors because i know this is getting a little longer than usual um so just to review those five external factors one more time because we did a review of the biases already association uh reciprocity returning a favor with a favor social proof we don't like to feel left out authority we tend to listen to people of authority and reason respecting we tend to oblige others when they give a reason whether or not it makes sense So um, it's worth paying attention to those things. Here's a couple of questions to think about to help build better decision-making and not be overcome by these biases and external factors. Number one, what beliefs am I hanging on to that are keeping me from being my best self? I gave the example of juice being just a cup of sugar and how a lot of people deny that because of their deeply held beliefs, beliefs are important because they guide our Actions in life, generally speaking, but if they're deeply held and they're unuseful, they're not useful because they may not be correct, then it's worth questioning. How can I overcome my need to be consistent with my old self? Changing your identity is going to be the hardest part of your health and fitness journey, and that's important to understand. And last, what am I currently doing just because others are doing it? Are you living your life because? Uh, Are you living your life on purpose or are you living your life because other people are doing things and you're trying to do them as well? Again, you don't need to be like me because I make my life harder than it needs to be sometimes trying to go the opposite direction. But nonetheless, finding that balance, asking questions, figuring out what's right or what's not is very important. That's all I have for you today. Make sure that you like, subscribe, share with your friends so they can get the good news too. And until next time here's to your success and health and fitness mastery